Geekish Chaos, episode 103, The Man Who Would Punch Ghosts. Hey, this is Joe with Classic Comic Con. Come join us October 1st and 2nd at the McHenry Event Center in Modesto, California. We've got some great things planned. Battlestar Galactica Reunion for the classic show. We've got Manu Interami from Star Trek Voyager coming in. So please come join us. Welcome back to Geekish Cast. I'm your host, Jeremy. And today I am joined by writer and director Trevor Cornish, who is currently working on a film called Ghost Puncher. How are you doing, Trevor? I'm doing well, Jeremy. Thanks for having me on the show. Uh, thank you for taking the time to come on. Um, it's a long way to go from uh, British Columbia to Central California, so I appreciate the effort. Thanks. Modern, te- modern technology really helps. It is fantastic. That Oregon Trail thing would have been a lot easier with that. <laughs> the dysentery. Yeah, well... <laughs> At least you had something to read while you were dying from the dysentery, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hey, so um, I was flipping through Twitter about a month back, and I saw some images. Uh, one was like a good old-fashioned ghost with a sheet over it, with a fist punching through it, like a uh, punching through like a piece of paper through it. Mm-hmm. And the other was a Nintendo Power Glove punching a skull. And I looked at those two images and said, I would have rented that movie if I was a teenager and saw that VHS cover. Those images were for your film that you're working on called Ghost Puncher. Why don't you give me a little idea what you're working on there? Well, uh, you know, it's a film, you know, the title kind of does say a lot. Uh, Ghost Puncher, it is about a guy who punches ghosts. (laughs) He, he, in a sense... um, uh, exercises or 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 uh does uh, exorcisms by literally beating the ghosts out of uh out of the people he has a special uh, special ability there our, as our uh as our tagline for the film sort of reads one man three ghosts two fists so uh you know and it definitely takes yeah i'm, I'm glad you obviously uh, saw those sort of preliminary uh um kind of poster images and stuff like uh that that were done um, and just the idea of it, we like the idea of a movie that kind of went back a little to, you know, kind of the, the horror films and stuff like that, that we sort of grew up on, uh, as kids kind of thing, you know, a little bit more of that, you know, almost going to like Lost Boys and Goonies and Gremlins and, you know, kind of movies like that, that when we were kids, we just thought they were the coolest things, you know, imaginable sort of thing. I absolutely know what you mean. I was a big, uh, well, I'm of the age where every Saturday or Friday, Saturday, you went down to the VHS store, rented a bunch of movies. That's what you did that weekend. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, that this this is a cover that would have jumped right off the shelf and right into my hand. Any one of those images that I mentioned. Well, that was kind of the nostalgia we were trying to uh, to sort of recreate with those. So I'm glad you uh, glad you saw it. It worked. <laughs> it absolutely worked. It like I said, it just grabbed me as soon as I saw it. Um, and it's also kind of appropriate with the success of uh, Netflix's Stranger Things. Did you guys get that up in Canada? Yes, we did. Actually, it's funny. I finished that like four days ago. I kind of had two episodes to go for like weeks, and I just couldn't get to. And I, the other day, I just like okay, long weekend. I kind of buckled down and I need to finish off these uh, these two episodes. Obviously, you know when we. Started writing this, uh, you know, we obviously had no idea uh, of, uh, um, of obviously about Stranger Things or anything like that. Um, but uh, certainly when that came on, we started seeing the you know initial early trailers for it and stuff like that. I was like, oh, wow, this has got some, you know, obviously that one really takes place in the 80s, like literally in that genre. 
um, where ours is, uh, it's a modern, it's a modern tale. So, uh, it, it, but it's sort of more just the, the tone and just the, just the, you know, all that sort of stuff that kind of goes along with those films, uh, but sort of more in a modern setting. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, before we, we dump, jump too hard on the film, mm-hmm. uh, why don't you tell me a little bit, how did you decide to go into filmmaking? What, what was your background with that? I, um, you know, for me, I basically started, you know, at the very low end, I started as a PA and kind of worked my, my way up the film ministry sort of thing. And then eventually, um, kind of worked into, I was doing a lot of like music videos and commercials and stuff like that. And I eventually kind of worked my way into the advertising side of things, um, at an advertising agency. And while I was there as a producer, um, I decided to kind of, I wanted to maybe try directing. Um, and that was about 15 years ago. So that, I guess, kind of worked. And so my, my main background really is in, uh, the commercial world, uh, certainly music videos, commercials, that sort of thing. Um, I've done little dabbling things, uh, in, in, in TV here and there sort of thing. Nothing of major note by any stretch of the imagination. And then, um, uh, about three years back, actually, uh, I had a short film that I had done. Uh, called Roland that ended up making it into um, TIFF, which actually starts now, actually over out in uh, out in Toronto, um, and that kind of was the, uh, you know, kind of that kind of got the juices flowing about okay, what other things we can do, and actually, you know, sort of I guess serendipitously or whatever, um, Jordan McCloskey, who is the original creator and co-writer of Ghost Puncher, he was in that film. Um, and I'd actually, I'd worked with Jordan a couple of times before in some commercial work. Uh, I really liked him and I actually kind of wrote a role, small little role for him in this thing just cause I wanted to work with him. Um, and then I guess when, uh, the film, when he was basically working on this, that was kind of, he was like, I really like working on that film with you. And I really, you know, I really liked the film and, and all that sort of the tone of it and all that sort of stuff. And that's when he kind of thought of me when it was kind of. Hey, I want to talk to somebody else about this and maybe about a director and all that sort of thing. So that's how it kind of all came together. So, yeah. Okay. Did you go to school with a plan to get into filmmaking or was that something you just kind of fell into? I'm not a good scholastic learner, Jeremy. <laughs> I, would high, I would high five you right now if I could because I am so there with that one. I just, I literally just nod off in any class. Um, no, I, I, I did, I did actually take, it's funny, I actually did take a one, course at uh, I mean I'm based in Vancouver I grew up here and uh, I did take one course at Vancouver Film School and it was kind of like a one day a week for 13 weeks sort of thing and but by the time I did that I had already worked on several projects and I was like okay I love this and I'd met enough people that I was like okay well I don't need school anymore I'll just kind of you know start working at a post house doing dubs and work as a PA on sets and just kind of work my way up from there sort of thing so for me I just loved you know I'll never forget my first call to be on set. Um, I hadn't even started this course yet. And it was like, I got a call from this producer. It was like a no money music video. They were going to shoot for three days for no money. And, you know, would you be willing to come out and, and volunteer your time as a PA on this set? And I was just like, would I? Oh my God. Oh yes. Yes. Like I was just like, I just, I can't even believe you're asking me, uh, to, to volunteer my time to be on set. Like I kind of, you know, <laughs> forgot about all for me. I just wanted to be on set. I just thought that was the best thing ever. And, uh, yeah, kind of, you know, creature of creature of the industry. As soon as I was on, I was like, okay, I love this. I just want to keep doing this. And yeah. 
slowly work your way up. No, oh, that's excellent. Um, how long have you been in the industry now? I know we can say about 15 or 18 years. Like 20, 20 years. Yeah. You know, kind of the first five was sort of doing various, you know, working way up. And then eventually went to set an advertising agency. And while I was there, there was some overlap where I was still at the advertising agency being a producer, but I was kind of directing on the side. And those worlds kind of, you know, eventually came to a point where I had to kind of make a decision, piss or get off the pot sort of thing. I was like, okay, yeah, all right, I'll direct, I'll direct full time. That's what I'll do. So, and, uh, that's, uh, that's worked Yeah, 15 years now. So that's worked out fairly good, but obviously, uh, ghost puncher at this point would be my, my first feature film. Mm-hmm. So that's obviously very exciting. Okay. So you've done commercials, short films and music videos, and that's kind of what you've done so far. Bread and butter. I've done listen, a little dabbling in TV here and there, but for the most part, uh, yeah, that's my, that's been the, the basis of my, uh, my, I guess my resume. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's how you get your feet wet, and that's how you get into something. Mm-hmm. You know? Totally, exactly. Yeah, there's a buddy of mine who used to work for Full Moon Films, you know, the, the horror film company back yeah. in the 80s and 90s. Yeah, yeah. And he he is considered an editor. He said basically because the IRS considers him to be an editor, but he's written movies, he's directed movies, he's edited, you know, yeah. the whole sure. the whole, the whole gambit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I, the one thing I can say about going from music videos to feature films is one of my all-time favorite films was directed by a guy who was just known for music videos back in the 80s. And that, that was Highlander. Oh, yeah, 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 sure. He was a video guy before that, and I love that movie. So Yeah, no, and, and honestly, the, the biggest thing, too, that I always you know loved about what I do sort of thing is that you know I'm constantly shooting. You know, you're constantly working on projects, you're constantly shooting, you're, you know, there's not, um, you know, I know obviously some people and some friends and stuff like that who, you know, they either, they maybe just do, uh, films or they just do, you know, the odd TV show. And it's like, sometimes they can go months, years between actually shooting something like being on set and just doing that, you know, just because we're all in developing and it's all amazing and part of it, but it's like, you know. I know for me sometimes even going a, you know, a month or two between a projects or whatever, I, you know, there's like, you don't get rusty, but you're kind of like, ah, oh, you know, you get in a pattern. You just like, like being there. You kind of, you don't learn to roll with a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of punches and a lot of different scenarios all the time sort of thing. It kind of just, you're constantly building your constantly going to school in a certain sense, just doing it on set on somebody else's dime, which is a way better way of doing it. Oh yeah. And I would have to figure the more you work, the more work you get to take a swing at too, right? Totally. And, and you know, yeah. some things are small and nothing. Other things are, you know, hugely ambitious and you're just dealing with, you know, again, very huge scale things that you have to somehow, you know, pull off in short amount of times and all that sort of stuff. So it's all just a constant, constant education sort of thing, which is what I've always, uh, always loved about it. Oh, sure. Hey, Trevor, how much time would you say, um, you know, in filmmaking, like as a director specifically, how much of your time would you say you actually commit to, networking and pressing the flesh and making contacts. Is it quite a bit? Not really. Not really? <laughs> it sounds so horrible to say. Um, yes and no. Okay. I guess in a sense you, like you always are. I just don't know if I ever do like a, I don't know if I ever really do too much dedicated, mm-hmm. you know, sort of thing. Like, you know, you're always, if you're, you know, you meet somebody or whatever, you, you know, contact somebody online or they contact you. You're always, you know, looking for, something, some sort of contact. But as far as like a dedicated, like, um, 
you know, just I'm out there, I said, pressing the fresh, shaking hands, kissing babies, that sort of thing. Um, you know, I guess if an event comes up, that sort of thing, you're much more dedicated. You know, as you know, tip a couple of years ago, that's what you're doing the whole time. You know, you're right. meeting people, blah, 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 sort of thing. Certain industry events go on, then yeah, that's kind of what the focus is. But, you know, I find that certainly over the years, um, and, you know, obviously since I started to now, and obviously, uh, yeah, social media and all that sort of stuff that's going on sort of thing. There's obviously, everything's shifted. You know, right. there was there was a time where, you know, you had to meet somebody for coffee. You had to, you know, do a group meeting sort of thing. And now, you know, there's there's some people that you just know you've never met them. But, yeah, you know, we're the, through Facebook and the Twitter thing and blah, 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 and you kind of, like, have a sense of who this person is. And maybe you've done a, you know, a conversation or whatever uh, through texting or PM or whatever sort of thing. And it's like, yeah, there's, like, a different dynamic to it now. And, uh, you know, so I think – that I, th- I guess in one way has sort of changed it, but I think also made it a lot more accessible for a lot of people who just, you know, couldn't get to LA, you know, to do that thing or get to New York or whatever that sort of deal is to kind of do sort of that other stuff. It's kind of, it gives a bit more access, I think, to everyone. Yeah. Um, well, I guess that's kind of part of the question that was uh, not really stated in there was that with social media, I guess you're kind of always on and you're always reaching out or being reached out to a little bit if you are on Twitter, Facebook, etc. So you're, you know, even if you're not actively just out there making contacts, yeah. you are still kind of working at it anyways. Exactly. And there's, you know, obviously uh, uh, Ghost Puncher has its, uh, its Twitter page sort of thing. And, you know, again, for a movie that technically doesn't exist yet, technically is still in development, it's you know, crazy how many followers we have, you know, we're constantly looking at like, Oh, there's another thousand on there. Wow. That's crazy. And it's great. It's very exciting. And that's obviously what makes, you know, especially, you know, the, the horror genre, that sort of thing, such a great genre the, the fans are just, they're, the fans are fans. They're super fans. They want everything that, if it's horror, you know, obviously everyone has their own personal, you know, I prefer this genre of horror than this one sort of thing. But they just, they love to absorb it. They want to see whatever is out there sort of thing. And, you know, we've had so many people that have contacted us and, you know, just like, we saw the name. And just, when's this film coming? We want to see this thing. Where's it, you know, is it is it done yet? All that sort of stuff. And obviously, you know, and you, as you said, too, you saw the, you know, the some early stage posters we did. And you're just like, what's that movie? You know, and it's like, yeah, which is great. And that's obviously uh, exciting for us. And that's certainly what's been, you know, driving us to, uh, you know, obviously get this thing thing out there because there's definitely a seems to be a, a fan based demand for it. So we're just going to keep riding that. Well, that's excellent. And I have to say also the other thing, the title Ghost Puncher kind of made me think back to old Chinese Kung Fu flicks. A little bit. Yeah. Where, yeah. Where you're kind of like, you know, it would be like, um vampire boxer or you know the seven <laughs> the seven dynasties of golden vampires and their in their fighting man that kind of thing yeah yeah, yeah. Like, very like what's that movie about well read the title it's right ghost puncher the guy punches ghosts what do you need to know well i have to admit that the the full genius of the title uh, as well as the original creation that that all goes to uh jordan mccloskey who is the uh he was the one that uh, came up with all that and I, I said when he first sent me the script i was like okay well you you got me on the title, you know, let's, let's sort of see where, where it goes from here sort of thing. And, uh, yeah, that's, we've sort of said a lot and obviously we've, you know, we've been talking with, uh, 
you know, we've obviously been, we're in sort of in the development, uh, stages of this. I know we haven't quite talked about that yet, but, uh, you know, that's the one thing that remains very consistent. Everyone's like, love the title. Title stays, you know. <laughs> Not sure what else changes, but right. the title, that's the well, winner. Let's, let's go ahead and talk a little more about that. So, uh, Jordan McCloskey mm-hmm. is the original creator of this idea and the original writer. So, tell me a little bit about him approaching you with the idea and kind of how you've gone with it from there. Yeah, so um, as I kind of stated a little bit earlier, uh, basically Jordan and I had worked together. And yeah, it was just kind of like I got a series of texts one day like, hey man, I got this thing, I don't know if you'd be interested, blah, 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 you know, you know, do you want to take a look at it? And of course I'm like, yeah, of course, what do you got? Not knowing at the time what like what stage is this at, you know, that sort of thing. And um, we, yeah, he kind of sent this to me and we kind of jumped on the phone and I said, well, look, you know, just give me a quick couple notes and then I'm going to kind of dig into this sort of thing. And, and at the time he was interested if I want to direct it, uh, as well as he was just, you know, really interested in just getting like, yeah, give me, give me your feedback. Give me director's feedback. Like I want to, you know, where do, where do we go from here sort of thing? Uh, it was a really solid, like, you know, first sort of second draft sort of thing. But, uh, you know, I, I think we need to, it needs to go somewhere still where that's going to go. And so read through it, obviously, you know, the core idea and all that sort of stuff like, okay, yeah, this, I, totally see where this is again it was in that it's in this sort of you know horror comedy kind of uh you know thriller kind of world uh that it sort of sits in and that kind of started us off we sort of started going back and forth with kind of notes and here's where we can take that sort of thing and then eventually uh it just got to a point where yeah we were basically writing together and it was like okay well why don't we you know kind of i kind of came on as a full co-writer and uh we sort of kept developing it developing it um from there, and you know, there was definitely a lot of, um, I think, early. Uh, There's a lot, sort of, a lot of early uh, buzz uh, from some people, uh, sort of interested in the script and all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, and, and Jordan at the time too was, you know, feeling some interest from, um, you know, some sort of smaller production companies and this, that, and the other sort of thing. But you know, for us at the time, it kind of felt like. Everyone wanted to kind of go the, yeah, let's just get this thing made. You know, let's just very, you know, well, a little bit of that, and I, I don't mean this in any slight sort of thing, but in a little bit of that sort of, let's just do the paranormal activity thing. You know, let's just uh, take a very tiny bit of money, hire a bunch of people nobody's heard of before, and just get this thing out there, and, you know, we'll make a bunch of money on it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I know for me at the time, I was like, yeah, I don't know if this is really that, though. Like, it feels like there's... There's characters and there's, you know, sort of develop and there's character development that kind of goes along. This is just like scare, scare, scare sort of thing. There was something more there. And I said, I think there's a bigger thing in here. I'm worried about it sort of getting lost in just the idea of just get this thing out. And I think that's when um, I'd been uh, working a a long time, a friend of mine uh, named uh, Gabriel Napora, who we'd worked together years ago and... um, you know, back when we were all young and, uh, he's obviously done very well. Um, uh, sort of, he done very well. And we've sort of been watching, uh, what he's been doing. And Gabriel and I have been working on a, you know, a few little TV ideas, that sort of thing that we were kicking around sort of thing at the time. So we'd, and when this thing kind of came up, um, I was just like, you know what, maybe I should throw this by Gabriel and see what he thinks sort of thing. And that as soon as Gabriel saw it too, he was like, yeah, okay, great. I, you know, I, you know, I want to be part of this. How do we, how do we make this happen? So, uh, uh, sort of the three of us, the three amigos kind of quickly were formed, um, from there. And, uh, Gabriel is, uh, uh, project company called imagination park. 
and uh, also Triton Films, which is now there's one company. And Imagination Park is uh, is the other company, and uh, yeah, that's who's sort of currently developing uh, this along with us. Okay, and then so you know, for those of us who are outside the film industry, so now you've got your writer team together. Mm-hmm. You're on to direct it. Mm-hmm. You bring, bring Gabriel Napora in. I guess it'd be a producer role. Is that yeah? You'd you know? be the producer, exact producer sort of thing. Obviously, that could change. That could change yeah. on I mean, one hand. Yeah. Uh, if, if yeah, if 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 a studio jumps in and says, "Sorry, we want to," you know, bring in, you know, blah blah blah. It's like, yeah, okay, great. You know, it's, it's all that stuff can all change. And obviously, <laughs> there's the same thing too, where you know, suddenly you know, Guillermo gets a hold of this script and goes, you know what? I kind of want to do this one. I, I think I might be kicked. <laughs> I might be kicked off my director's chair, but uh, for right now, I'm currently sitting in it very happily. And, uh, uh, but yeah, as it stands right now, that's the, we're the package going forward sort of thing. Right. So, I mean, at this point, do you guys like, I mean, cause I guess the whole point is to build some buzz, mm-hmm. get some people interested, right? Am, am I correct in that? That's kind of what you have to do is your next step. Yeah, and and you know Gabriel uh, as a producer sort of thing, he is definitely um, you know he's he's definitely part of uh, in in the studios and stuff like that. So it's not just a case of we're sort of cold calling sort of thing. He has right. projects and that sort of thing going, but you know it's still a case of you know what's right for each studio that sort of thing. Okay, well this is not right for us right now, or you know all those other stuff. There's a, mi- a million different factors that can affect things. So right now we're kind of at the stage of. We're doing those rounds. We're obviously looking to it like, okay, well, maybe we have to take this to sort of more of a, a you know private investor, that sort of ideal as well, and build the money that right. way. But we're sort of in the stages right now of we put out some offers to some some stars sort of thing for uh, for the project. Um, I would so love to be able to tell you those names, but I so can't. <laughs> the one the one note for my producer was. You cannot say any names, otherwise you will screw up what we're doing. It's like fair enough, but there's yeah. a prominent uh, couple actors that we uh, currently have sort of made offers to, whether they'd be interested in getting involved in the project, and you know, based on whether they say yes, no, whatever sort of thing, that will potentially give us a bit more of a, a carrot, so to speak, for studios or investors to you know get behind this project. It's all about just getting the finances figured out so we can take this to the next stage, which would be production. So, so the idea would be that you could find a, uh, you could find investors, and then you guys could produce it yourselves with the help of your yeah. friends' production, company. or you could go to a larger production company, I guess, and they would get the money together and they would produce it. Yes, at that point. Yes, in which case, yeah, and that's where you know Gabriel would either become, I said, a producer, or he would be uh, the one developing this with us to help us get us to that next stage, that sort of thing. So. Yeah, and, and forgive me if if it seems like I'm asking remedial level questions. No, that's I, not a problem. Yeah, I I don't know the answers, and I'm I'm curious about how the process works. Well, sometimes I don't know the answers either, Jeremy. I'm not going to lie to you, but I, I, uh, I fake you. fake it till we make it. That's the thing. I, I have what they've called an authoritative voice, but I have to tell you, I BS my way through ninety five percent of everything. Oh, you might be good. You might be good at my industry. <laughs> well, so. Just and again, I don't want to spend a lot of time just talking about myself. My goal for next year is I want an IMDb for a voiceover credit. That's my goal for 2017. You got a good voice for it. you got you've got a good voice for that. Yeah, I used to do a bunch of uh, radio producing and stuff like that. You definitely got a voice. I can see that. Yeah, that's so that's that's kind of my my thing. I'm a salesman. That's my regular job. I, I sell plumbing. 
Well, there you go. Well, you got a that smooth, smooth, deep voice must get used. Exactly. A lot of parts. So years ago, are you familiar with California at all? Uh, like yes. geographically. Uh, okay. okay, well, in the larger spectrum, sure. But let's. Uh, I also have Google well, in front of me, so I can just look it up if you need it to. Oh, sure. So, do you know the Monterey Bay area at all? Yeah. Okay. So, I used to live in Santa Cruz, which is on the north end of the Monterey Bay. Yeah. And I had a customer who wanted to do. Uh, he was a contractor who wanted to do some advertising. So we went to a local talk station just to see what would happen. Mm-hmm. We walk through the door. I introduce us to the young lady at the counter at the front desk, and a producer comes out of the back. He goes, who the hell are you? I talk to him for a minute, and he goes, if you'll read these three commercials, I'll give your guy three free commercials. So I'm like, well, you, can't, you can't really beat that, can you? That's a good sure. deal right there. Yeah. <laughs> so that's when I got my very first taste of it. I was like, I, I, I kind of like to dabble in this a bit more. Well, I said, I, I came, I used to be a producer myself sort of thing, and especially for, for advertising and stuff. And it's like, I I can't tell you how many people I'll, I'll meet randomly. Sometimes they're actors, sometimes whatever. You just like, they soon start talking like, you're done voiceover work? <laughs> you, just like, you can hear that little, that certain tone, that certain timbre in their voice. They're like, oh, uh, no. And you're like, yeah, you should probably do that. You know, it's like, you just got, you're, you're what they're looking for. It's got a certain... Uh, Mine's not, by the way. Mine's not the voice they look for in radio. A little too high, whiny, no. witchy. No. <laughs> Trevor, just take this for what it's worth. I think you sound just fine. Oh, aren't we just the mutual appreciation society that we are? You can get, like, match jackets or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Hey, so as a as a younger man, were you, were you a horror film fan? What was kind of your, what was, like, your genre of film? What were you into? Like, I can distinctly say that, like, the one movie that I can always kind of go back to is, like, one of those ones where I'm like, you know, why did you start, you know, I was like, Indiana Jones, Uh, you know, the first one, you know, uh, Indiana Jones and uh, that was was in the Temple of Doom, that was Indiana Jones and... uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Lost Ark, thank you very much, I just totally uh, missed that. But yeah, Yeah. Raiders of the Lost Ark, that was my, I remember seeing that as a kid. I remember that boulder coming down, you know, Adam sort of thing. I remember just being like absolutely in awe of what that was. And then I found out that, you know, somebody did that. Somebody made that. And that fascinated me beyond all belief. And so it really just became about after that. I was like, okay, well, how do they do that? How, you know, how does that happen sort of thing? Like I remember going to, you know, Disneyland as a kid and, you know, doing like whatever the Pirates of the Caribbean ride or whatever. And, all I was doing the whole time was just, okay, how did that, how do they do that part? How, you know, like just trying to, I was always just trying to pick it apart and like, okay, so the fire in there, okay, that's some cellophane that's got a fan behind it and some orange light. Okay. That's how they're doing that. And you're just constantly thinking, um, uh, like that. And so going back, you know, I had old like books on ILM, uh, industrial yeah. magic sort of thing. And just, you know, the, the, you know, Dennis Murin and all those guys and just, you know, watching how they used to do all that stuff. And it just, fascinated me so that you know growing up was kind of i guess my um you know the thing that sort of motivated me eventually later on in life to kind of like yeah i I love film and okay now i have an opportunity to maybe get into it sort of thing um you know as far as you know horror films horror horror films freak me out like i'm one of those legitimate people that they freak it takes a lot for me to watch a horror film okay uh you know like for you know some people like any horror film that comes out, they're just like, oh, yeah, I, I got to watch it. They'll watch three in a night. You know, they, they're coming. For me, it takes a lot for me to build up to a horror film. 
because I think, I, I guess I kind of know what they do. And I think my mind sometimes actually works. <laughs> and actually, I actually sometimes make it scarier in my mind because I'm anticipating what's going to happen the whole time sort of thing. So because well, you understand where the beats come in and everything. So you're like, yeah. And now a cat's going to jump through that window, and the cat's going to, oh, my God, it's a machete. Well, so that's kind of what you're doing. Yeah, and, and there was, you know, and that's where, like, if you go back to film, I don't cause we're gonna consider that a horror sort of thing, but, like, you know, if you go back to a film like M. Night when he did Sixth Sense, I remember that mm-hmm. film freaked me out because he was purposely doing stuff in a very Hitchcock sort of way where he'd pur- purposely, like, leave weird space in the camera where you were, like, waiting for... Like he'd have the, yes. the person's head sitting way off to the right of frame with their back turned. So you're like waiting for the hand to come in, like touch his back or you just did like very smart things. Whereas like my mind was already like, Oh God, okay. I know what's going to go in there, that sort of thing. And, and so, yeah, for me with horror films, I, I, I like them. I love the, just the, the suspense and all that sort of stuff, but it always takes a lot for me to, build into them kind of like, okay, I'm going to go and, you know, watch this film. And, uh, you know, and like growing up too, as a kid, like there was the, you know, like the thing, you know, like, oh, yeah. ah, so still so, so, so great. Um, you know, and like, that's one you could just watch anytime and it still just holds up so well. Um, and then, you know, recently, like there's been fun ones like, uh, cabin in the woods. I love cabin in the woods. I just love it was a fantastic movie. I just took this genre and just like spun it and spun it again. And then just, you know, it was like just this Rubik's cube of like, we're just going to keep spinning off these things and turning it into something else. And, you know, it's like, I remember going back to, God, I guess it was like in my twenties or whatever, I guess that uh, dust till dawn came out, which was that, you know, that, uh, that was that mashup uh, between uh, Tarantino and, the uh, heist film. Robert Rodriguez. Rodriguez. Thank you, Rodriguez. And it was like, and it was like, it was literally two different films. I remember it was, you know, Quentin did his thing at the beginning, and then suddenly they got to the bar, and, and um, yeah, and he took over, and Rodriguez took over, and it was all of a sudden like this, and like suddenly vampires were just exploding for no particular reason. And I remember like sitting there like, oh my, what is this film? I think I saw it four times in theater. I just couldn't get over or maybe it was for that Selma Hayek snake dance. I can't remember. If it's I, I bet that had something. <laughs> it had something to do with it. But it was, I just remember, just my mind was blown. It's like, with this film, and, and it just sort of completely turned into this other thing. And I remember, like, when I was watching Cabin in the Woods, it had that same thing. I was like, oh, what is this? It's just turning into this. Every time you looked around, it just kind of got more crazy and sort of more, a little bit more insane. And then, you know, you have other films like, uh, you know, recently, like, the, the Babadook, which was just, Oh, so freaky, so great. Just can was, I can I just make a quick statement yeah. and then I'll move on from that. That movie didn't do anything for me. Really? Yeah. Like I thought it was tense, and my wife and I watched it on a Friday night with the lights off sure. and a bottle of wine, yeah. and we were like very into it. And not to spoil the ending, but when it became clear what the creature was, yeah, we both kind of went, oh. Okay. I think for me that I don't know that totally does it for me. Like I just I love this sort of psychological suspense thriller stuff. That kind of is for me. I, I that always rings a bell for me. So I think that just uh, kind of worked. I haven't seen the one that I want to see that I haven't again been able to like 
um, emotionally, emotionally or mentally build myself up to, which I'm excited to see still is the witch. The, um, Oh, I have not seen that yet, but I hear it is fantastic. The, the, the trailer, like the trailer just freaked me out. It's so good. Just very simple. You know, that very, like, again, this cabin, this sort of thing on this edge of this wood. And is there something in it? I don't know. It's like, all those ideas, just uh, yeah. It, but again, I haven't quite got myself there yet, so we'll yeah. steal my That's, steal my nerves. Well, see, as a kid, I mean, I okay. So the town I live in is called Modesto. It's the center of California. George Lucas come came from yeah. this town. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So Jeremy Renner, Timothy Oliphant, they're all Modesto natives. Oh, there you go. I didn't. I was born in 1973, which means May of 77. I was almost four years old. Yeah. Okay. That's when Star Wars came out. Yeah. And I have been a, I guess that's more fantasy than sci-fi, but I've been a just genre film nut ever since then. Sure enough. Well, we're only two years apart. So it's, yeah. uh, it's one of those things where, yeah, obviously was a little, so for me, I remember Empire mm-hmm. as far as like, that was, a, you know, I, I remember that more because I was old enough to sort of, sort of, sort of know what that was. And then, obviously, you know, Return of the Jedi was, like, old enough to actually go to a movie theater and, like, right. watch that sort of thing. Like, actually go in yourself. Actually go in myself, and I remember very distinctly going and seeing it and just thought that was, like, I was so excited to finally be able to. Because at that point, there obviously were, you know, the, the, the VCRs and all that stuff were now. You, you're still going down to rent them from the store and bring them home sort of thing. But, you yes, know, that's, that's how I had seen the previous two and now I was actually being able to see it in, like, the big theater. And I just, you know, mind-blown kind of thing. Yeah, so there was that period of time for me. There's those movies that were released from, like, 1977 to maybe 1985. Mm-hmm. Are the ones that just inform my taste in movies more than anything else. Oh. Like, for me, uh, Friday the 13th Part 2 is the horror film that everything else has to be measured against. Really? Okay, because I again, I saw that when I was younger, but I, I have to admit it's been a very long time since I've seen that. So, well, see, me too, and it's probably it's it's actually it's not that great a movie, but it between the the, the jump scares and boobs, or eight year old boy watching it on Showtime, you're like, this this movie has everything. This this has it all. Well, you know, it is funny though because obviously you have to remember too that like films like that. It's also, you, you have to remember the context sometimes of like when this was made, when this was done, what was out at that point in time in comparison to it and what it was doing sort of thing, right? Like, you know, Evil Dead or Evil Dead 2 kind of thing. Like, it's one of those things where, you know, I went back and watched those not too long ago and you got to love them for what they're doing. But at the same time, it's like, you know, obviously now that, you know, you're much more sure kind of watching, it's like you appreciate everything they were doing. And it was so just crazy and, and just its own thing. That just is why everyone loved it so much. But you're kind of watching it and going like, wow, that's okay. I don't remember being quite as melodramatic and all that sort of that melodrama kind of idea. And just the, you're like, oh, I guess it was, you know, you're, just, you're remembering back. Uh, kind of thing where it's like, oh, okay, yeah, you know, it's some films like that, like they definitely, they kind of hold their, uh, you know, they wear their age a little bit more sort of thing, but at the same time, like just groundbreaking as far as just so much fun, Um, which is where I think, like, again, you have films that, you know, the thing, for instance, I came back to that one where it's like, yeah, you can still watch that tonight and still get a crap idea. It just holds up. And same thing too, like, 
you go, it wouldn't be considered technically like a horror horror, but it's like, you, Jaws? Jaws? Oh, I, I would call Jaws a horror. Yeah, film, Jaws yeah. to this day, you, you can still watch and just be on the edge of your seat. It was just so well done. You know, it just kind of holds up uh, over time sort of thing. I, I agree with you. I think Jaws is an outstanding. Of, co- of course, it's another Spielberg movie. I just, just we've definitely given Spielberg his credits <laughs> so far. And don't get me wrong, growing up, he was yeah, like Spielberg was. You know, that was the when my dad would ever take me, always want to take me to something. It was always yeah, when Spielberg's films came out, that was you know, Close Encounters or E.T. or you know all those stuff. It's like that. Yeah, that's what he took me to because that was a oh, it's going to have great special effects. It's going to have you know that's what you wanted to go see sort of thing, right? So Well, that was, and I remember, like, my first memories of going to the drive-in with my folks as a little kid, that was Close Encounters. I remember we saw it probably three weekends in a row. Love that film. Yeah. Love it. Uh, and then outside of that, we'd go and watch kung fu movies or Billy Jack or something at the drive-in. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> see, younger, younger people don't remember that there was a time that was the only way to see a movie. True. Yeah, you couldn't really go, you couldn't rent them. See, I'm, I'm old enough to remember when you couldn't rent them, and the things they played on Fridays and Saturdays were garbage. So Right, right. Yeah. So, uh, let me see here. We are, I'm sorry, I just stepped all over your name. Trevor, we are coming up on time pretty quickly here. Sure, let right. me ask you a little bit about where you kind of see movies going in the future, because um, I know there's some concern these days that everything's a remake or a sequel or a remake Um <laughs> Do you think... Well, because here's here's my. I'm going to ask you a specific question. I'll let you expand on it as you feel appropriate. Sure. I think as the cost of making films come down, and I'm not just talking blockbusters, but I mean for everybody, as the cost comes down, we will again see more original content. But large production companies will only take a risk on things that are almost a sure bet until audiences start throwing their money at things they want to have made and go see we're going to be in remake land until then. Well, I guess there's two, you know, there's two sides of that sort of thing. One thing is that, you know, you can take a look at, we all have portable movie studios in our pockets. Now we all have phones and whether, whatever it's Android or iPhone or whatever it is, you literally have a camera, an editing machine. You can do coloring. You can do every, you can literally do an entire production on your phone. Now, people don't <laughs> because it's a huge pain in the ass. But people have. Actually, that's not true. People have. But it's not. Oh, that was, yeah. you know, so we, the, the technology we have is more than, than we've ever had accessibility to as far as just, you know, and, and even went into, you know, cameras when, you know, Canon suddenly comes up with this 5D a bunch of years back. That changed the game again because suddenly you had this, you know, this point-and-shoot camera that was shooting pretty decent video. And suddenly people were like using that, like, okay, well, I can go make a movie with this now. You know, and that sort of changed things. And so the accessibility to the equipment has been greater than ever was before. You don't have to go to, you know, the big camera house and get your 35 mil camera, blah, blah, which, you know, I love shooting film, but it's just very hard to do these days. But, um, you know, so that's, I think, will always drive, um, you know, always kind of keep driving the creativity and the content sort of thing. We obviously have, whether YouTube or Vimeo or, you know, the thousands of other ways of social media, you know, there's a constant ways of putting content out there beyond 
cat videos, obviously. But uh, you know, you're always competing with those cat videos. But as far as just, they are hard, they are hard to get around. So yeah. cute. But it's like one of those things where you know you still need to. At the end of the day, though, you still need a story. You still need something that's going to draw an audience in and watch it. You know. So no matter what, and it, it, even if you gave the average person or whatever all the tools you have here, you have all the lights and all the camera equipment. Now go make something. You know, they still can make crap. And even the big studios and the big people do it. You know, it's like, well, I had all this stuff. It just didn't work out sort of thing. So you still need, you know, but the nice thing is that we now have all the tools there. So I think that will keep driving, you know, young directors, young filmmakers of any sort sort to kind of keep coming with content. But as you're saying, when it comes to studios, yeah, it comes to tentpole pictures and all that sort of stuff. You know, when they're throwing out 150, 160, all that sort of million dollars, they want a pretty sure thing because it's just a lot of money to be thrown. And they still take the odd risk on something. And every once in a while, again, Deadpool is a perfectly good example of what was, you know, still a $65 million movie or whatever. That, but for a superhero movie was low budge, like right. to the point where they mocked it in the film. <laughs> it actually mocks how low budget it was in the film many times and it was very funny in that way because it was just owning it and you know they fought for 10 years to get that film made and it was the fans that kept demanding it get made it get made it get made sort of thing and you know it's like so you know so when those things happen and suddenly this thing becomes like some massive blockbuster it beats out all these other films that does rock the studios on their heels a little bit and go oh wow okay how many times did we say no to this thing and then you know they forced us to make it and we finally did and it turns out it was going to be huge. You know, it's going to be a great little film and, and make a lot of money too, which is what the, you know, that's the balance you want. It not only is it great, but Hey, it made, it made a lot of money for people and people who invested in it too. So, um, you know, so there's, there's still those two sides and, you know, we're dealing with it as well, obviously with our film. Um, our film was certainly fallen to the, you know, what we considered a lower budget film. Um, but still it's money, in the millions that people need to part with. And, you know, it's like, is this the right one for us? And what other movies are like this? How this compare to, you know, they want the reassurances, you know, and which is why sometimes it said you have to rely on like, well, you won't back us, but maybe we'll have to, you know, find our own investors and this and that. And obviously nowadays too, with like, you know, Indiegogo and all that sort of stuff out there, the various sort of uh, um, fund me campaigns and stuff like that. You can, yeah, you can go get a film made based on people just wanting to have it made. Oh yeah, you know. Absolutely. So th- there, there is that, which is, again didn't exist, you know, before. Like I remember going back doing my little short film sort of thing, which is you know years ago now. It was three years ago that it was in the festival. But it's like even going back and making that, like none of those things existed. Like there was any of those social funding campaigns, they didn't even that, that didn't even exist. So it was a case of I had to find the money and, you know, get that from various places and kind of, you know, all that sort of stuff. Where now it's like, oh, okay. Not that that's an easy thing to do. That you still need to, you know, what are you doing? What's the story? You still have to sell it. You still have to get the people to invest in it sort of thing. So it's not, oh, I'll just put this out here and people will give me money. It'll be great. You know, there's still a... I'm actually, I'm actually thinking we're going to come up on a point here pretty soon where crowdfunding is going to get a backlash. And because yeah. a lot of people, there's been a lot of people that have made a lot of money on things they probably shouldn't have. Totally. And then disappeared. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's only a matter of time before people start getting a, giving it a bad rap. 
Um, hopefully, it'll find equilibrium before that actually happens. You know. Well, I had a, a, a production company I work with and a, and a director sort of thing. They did a thing. Um, it was with uh, Nathan Fillion, a con, mm-hmm. con man. Okay, yeah. Uh, and I'm sorry, the other actor whose name jumped out of my head right now, he was also with him in Firefly. Alan, Alan Tudyk was Yeah, that, yeah, right? exactly. So they had this idea to do like these two guys that basically did con man. It was basically uh, uh, con festivals kind of thing, you know, that sort of thing. Um, and like comic cons and all those sort of things. And the idea was like, yeah, it's just them. One's a big star. The other guy's was his buddy that was on the show too, but not quite. And anyways, they had this idea for it. And they were kind of asking for, like, we need this much to do it. They got, like, quadruple that. Because people, and, like, and instantly people were just like, no, I want to see these guys do that. Because, you know, it was the fans of the old show, and they just, no, I want to see these two guys together again, love this premise. Uh, you know, they were talking to that, um, kind of that, you know, that Comic-Con kind of crowd who are just very devout, and, and you know, that, this, you know, this, us, us film geeks and all that sort of stuff, we just want to see that stuff. And it worked great. And, you know, same thing, too, with the um, uh, the Broken Lizard guys. They did uh, Super Troopers 2. You know, right. they basically like, yeah, nobody's none of the studios want to make this, despite that little film that actually is like, you know, kind of a cult classic now. And they're like, OK, we'll just do that. And same thing. They, they, they raised triple what they were even planning on making, you know, because people wanted to see it. Right. You know, and so there is those cases. But, yes, I do see potentially people just getting tired. Yeah, that's I guess fatigue is the word yes. I've used before, and that's probably the one I want to stick with. It's just crowdsourcing fatigue I can see becoming. But what it comes down to in the end is that that you know it, it sort of comes back to the idea of like yes, we all have our own portable studios in our pockets, but what is that content you're making? And I think with even the crowdsourcing, it's still going to come down to what is that script? And it all comes down to me in the end: what's the script? What's the story? Because if the story's right. no good. I don't care what you have. I don't care how fancy it is and how this and how revolutionary it is. If the story, you know, there, there was the what was the movie uh, a couple of years ago? Alfonso Curran with uh, uh, Sandra Bullock, Gravity. That was a perfectly yes. good example of, you know, all the technology in the world, uh, beautifully shot, kind of amazing, horrible script, absolutely dreadful. Dreadful, so, dreadful scripts. Here's the thing. I really <laughs> wanted to see that movie because I thought it was going to be one woman outside of a spaceship freezing to death and the stress and everything involved with that. And then when I saw it, I was like, what a squandered opportunity. It, it, and again, I, 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 I love Alfonso Curran as, as a director. I think he's amazing. And, uh, you know, Chivo's DP and all that stuff that went into it. And, you know, again, the, just the technology and stuff. But at the end of the day, it's like, I know you did all that, but the, but the script, it was horrible. Why did you, you, just, you just had to focus a little more on that part and you could have, you know, it still did well for them and all that, but it just, you know, that's the thing that always, you know, blows my mind a little bit. Like, it always needs to start with the script. If the script's not good, doesn't matter who's involved, what it is. Every once in a while, you can sneak one out where just that, that performer comes in and just makes something amazing out of nothing. But usually you need the script to start with. It's going to kind of draw people in. Oh, yeah. There was an episode of uh, Corner Gas where I can't remember what was happening, but Oscar got all cranky and cantankerous about, you know, it doesn't matter about lighting and sound and this, that, and the other. Do people care about the, the characters? Is the story any good? And uh, yeah. it was kind of meta, but it was yeah, a fantastic. Yeah, it was kind of talking about themselves at the same time, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And then they did. Yeah. So Fantastic. All right, Trevor. Well, thank you again for taking the time. Um, 
So oh, what can it, people do to help get some eyeballs on your movie idea? What what can we do to help spread the word and try to get some people to seriously take a look at getting this made? Is there anything we can help you with? At this point in time, I think really uh, the uh, the Twitter, Ghost Puncher on Twitter is probably the best way of, uh, of keeping uh, sort of posted on what's going on. Um, people really seem to have just drawn to that as sort of our main source, I guess, of, uh, of ghost puncher, uh, news. And, uh, uh, Jordan's always very diligent on, uh, kind of trying to keep up on that whenever he can sort of thing when anything new kind of comes in. So that would be the best thing. And, you know, yeah, you know, become a fan. If that, if you're listening to this, uh, please, uh, uh, join, um, uh, the ghost puncher, uh, Twitter and we'll keep you posted with that. And, you know, right now it's, we're working. The three of us are working as hard as we can to get this thing out to you guys. So, yeah, stay tuned. It, it looks like it looks like the kind of movie I would love. So, I would really want to see whatever we can help do to get this thing made. Do you know the um, your Twitter address for Ghost Puncher off the top of your head? At Ghost Puncher, uh, the capital G at Ghost Puncher X L capital X capital L at Ghost Puncher X L. All right, Trevor. So why don't you give us a um, the the quick ah, the quick wrap up on Ghost Puncher again? Give us a good reason to get excited about it, and then we'll say goodbye. All right, uh, go go see go, you know get excited about and cross your fingers for uh, Ghost Puncher to be made. Uh, it's a man that punches ghosts. One man, three ghosts, two fists is our setup. Um, please go check out uh, Ghost Puncher Twitter feed to uh, keep posted and. Uh, Otherwise, keep your thoughts with us. We're trying to get this to you as soon as we can. That's excellent. I'm really excited to see this movie. Um, Trevor, hey, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, Jeremy. Pretty appreciate it. Yeah, and anytime you got you got news or anything that you want to get out, feel free to shoot me a note or ask to come on again. Or we'll we'll, we'll keep you posted. I said once things kind of get along to uh, sort of the next stage where there's something exciting to talk about, I'll certainly be in contact with you. We'll keep you posted. Yeah, absolutely, because I had a blast having you on. You're a lot of fun to talk to. Um, everybody else, you can catch us in the meantime at geekishcast.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash geekishcast. And I tweet from at the geekishcast. So long, everybody. Thank you for listening to Geekish Cast. Please rate and review us wherever you listen to us. You can find us on iTunes, Android, TuneIn, Stitcher, and on our own website at geekishcast.com. Geekish Cast is a Vias and Victor production. If you got a thought or a comment or think you or somebody you know would be a good guest for Geekish Cast, please feel free to reach out and contact me. You can email me, thegeekishcast at gmail.com or jeremy at thegeekishcast, or you can even phone me at 209-232-6001. I'll keep my ears out for you.